The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. all sense of reality and enter another world. Remember, do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 347. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Rangers lost, Greg. I know, so you're happy. You broke Michael Rosenbaum's heart. I know. I don't care, though, because... (laughs) The Rangers lost, and that was the only thing I really cared about the last month. Oh, okay, good. Well, after your Columbus Blue Jackets blew it. Yeah, oh my, Columbus Blue Jackets. You don't act like you were, you were on the you were on the bandwagon. There's you no bandwagon. They were the eighth seed, and you I was just saying them. that I was I was rooting for them because the Islanders were on the cheese. All right. Across the table from the pride of Long Island is none other than, for the last time ever, the Tech Tower, Scott I, Lowe. I mean, I hope not. No, that's it. You'll never no. be back on the show. Okay. We can't have you back. Scott Lowe is quitting IGN. Yep. Again. Yep. Are you going to stay gone this time? Uh, maybe. All right, it's like, welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> You're like Screech. You came back to be the assistant principal. You know, I, you know, I, I think the third time might be a little too much. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like it. You're like a professional wrestler that retires <laughs> and then just comes back. Never know. You can never know. Did they ever that. explain in the new class how Screech became the assistant principal? Because you need at least a master's degree, if not a PhD, to really reach that level of, of principaldom. I've had some. I've uh, had some I feel like he principal. was yeah. kind of back in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Screech was smart. He was just socially awkward. Yeah, that's yeah, true. It's yeah, possible. He, he went to... I'll just make it up. He went to the University of Wisconsin. Well, no, he, he graduated. Went, they went somewhere. They all went oh, to yeah, school. Oh, yeah, they went to school where, yeah. the, where the guy that played for the Raiders, uh, you know, went or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the dorm, like, uh, big brother or whatever. He yeah, sit and there and take he care was of way too old and weird. Yeah. All right, so he went to there. It was, like, the University of Malibu. <laughs> Graduated with a PhD in two and a half years. See, I always like the idea that they just sped up continuity. That like they jumped ahead in the years. Because I don't know was, when Screech came for Say by the Bell. The new class started as the, at the same time as the college years. So I'm not sure though in that system when Screech came over to be the assistant principal. But I like the idea that when they started, they were you know separated by five to seven years while Screech was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They also went to school in Indianapolis. In, well, then they moved school. the entire school, yeah. including the building. <laughs> and you, all the classmates. You guys have given this a shocking amount of thought. That's how we, that's how we good roll. Morning, good morning, Miss Bliss. What was, good morning, Miss Bliss. Bliss was, yeah. was the, the pilot when they were in middle school that, that one season, but it took place in Indiana. And then they suddenly all just went... Everybody. <laughs> Except California. Mikey, right? The best you friend. Mikey and, and that, that girl. girl. That girl. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Podcast Beyond. IGN's PlayStation Podcast, the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet. Every Tuesday, we post the MP3 for your amusement and enjoyment. And then on Wednesday, we put up the full video. You can get it on IGN.com, the IGN app, YouTube. It's everywhere. Scott, are you allowed to say where you're going yet? No. Okay. When or, will that happen? I don't know. 
Everyone should follow you at Scott Lowe on Twitter. Yeah, and you'll find out. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I figure out when I can do that, I, I absolutely will. Okay. Good. But it's good. Good. It's, it's a good thing. Well, I, it's I, for you, maybe. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, I want to miss you. Yeah. I love you. Well, I won't be going far. I'm staying in the games industry. Um, you know, I'll be doing. Uh, I'm hopping the fence. You know, not doing media, but uh, so you're doing PR. I'll still be. Uh, I'll still be doing. <laughs> um, That's the other side of the fence, bro. <laughs> You're doing something in the games industry. That isn't what you do now or yeah, what yeah, we do yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But I won't be, like, totally behind the scenes. So you, you'll you still see my work places. Okay. Yeah. Well, we just got back from E3. We have a lot to catch up on. Oh, man, so As much. As you can see, number one, we don't have everything hooked up. So <laughs> instead of having the TV with the Beyond logo, I just made a Beyond logo and put oh, it on the TV. beautiful. Because it took it's three editors seven times to try to do it. And they were all like, I just we don't have the right thing. <laughs> just go like, for it. Just stop doing yeah. this, Mike Horn. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. So there are 19 items on the list. A baker's dozen. Yep, a baker's dozen, 19. And uh, so I separated them. The first five are things that have happened either during or after E3, but then okay. the, the rest, the other 14, are all things that happened at the press conference. Okay. Um, since we'll, we'll recap everything at the PlayStation press conference. There's a lot of stuff, third-party stuff that's missing. I don't have all day. I can't be going through everyone's. Right. You well, know, this is the problem right. with the post-E3 show, right? We have we have the last episode with the, sh- the annual Shuhei Yoshida Power Hour where we hang out with him. But that's not the same thing where we run through the news and brief you and get to talk about right. news and out. And, right, right, right. you know, talk about Shuhei behind his back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is our chance. Yeah. Uh, so number one uh, for the fifth consecutive month PlayStation 4 was the best selling console in the US new data comes from MPD for the month of May which further notes that overall console sales have jumped a significant 95% year on year with over 4 million units sold Watch Dogs was the best selling game of May and it sold best on PS4 MLB 14 The Show was the third best selling game of the month and also sold best on PS4 Wolfenstein The New Order came in fourth and also sold best on PS4. There's a little trend going on here, Greg. People like that PS4. Minecraft There's more of them in the wild. and sold best on 360. Damn it. With PS3 behind it. I think that's the first month the PS3 retail one was actually on the list. Other PlayStation games include The Amazing Spider-Man 2 at 6, NBA 2K14 at 7, and Call of Duty Ghosts, which is slipping at 10. I'll tell you what. This has nothing really to do with what you just read, mm. but I played Minecraft on the Vita <laughs> yeah. at yeah. E3, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. ruined everything else now. Because every time I pick up the Vita now to play 1001 Spikes, which I love, mm. I'm just like, I'd rather that's be playing a, that's Minecraft a tough game. Right it's really tough. Have they it. talked about whether the two versions communicate, PS4 yes. and Vita? Here's the, p- the, w- yeah, well, you can, you can the way it goes is that your PS3 and Vita save can go back and forth between each right. other, no sweat. Okay. If you want to take your PS3 or Vita save to PS4, you get to do it once. So you bring it from the old platform to the new platform because the PS4 world is bigger and more complex. So will you be able to build together with players on PS4, like from your Vita? No. Because oh, once you have to basically you're uploading your save to the PS4 so that it gets pimped out and uh, then it's pimped gotcha, out forever gotcha. and can't go back and forth. That's about once you pimp it out, you can't unpimp it out. No, no. You uh, heard you like blocks, written. so I put blocks in your game about blocks. I'll also note um, the the numbers are a little scarce, but you know I, I've talked to some folks and have been reading some stuff. PS Vita in May apparently sold really well, um, almost outsold the Wii U. A lot of and kids saying they can't find it in stores. Exactly, and what I think that that means there's there's a few things because people are like 14, 15, 1600 percent increase in sales now. Wow. Um, note that PS Vita Fat was was phased out and sold like three or four thousand units in April because no one could find them because they don't right. exist anymore. Um, so you shouldn't take the percentages very seriously, but the increase in sales of Vita because of the Slim and the Borderlands Two bundle is significant, much higher than I thought it was going to be. And I think that people can't find them because a lot of stores didn't expect that they were going to sell through them that quickly. So I wonder how things will settle in June and then July and August if they're going to reorder them, if people are going to be interested in them. Um, but Vita sold extraordinarily well, and Vita is going to is on the precipice of s- passing the 3, 3 million sold mark in Japan. Um, we'll probably do it next week. 
Um, if it doesn't do it next week, it'll do it the week after. Freedom Wars comes out. Uh, mm. Freedom Wars, according to multiple people I've talked to, is the most de- uh, the most pre-ordered and most anticipated game in Japan of any kind. Wow. Thanks. So. Um, and uh, it's under development at Studio Japan. Um, so, yeah, good signs for Vita. Edward writes in to beyond at IGN.com just like you can to be part of our little show and says, so I recently purchased a PS Vita Slim right before E3. I was very interested in what games the handheld system had to offer, and so far with all my PlayStation Plus free games I've downloaded, I love what I'm experiencing. But after E3, I'm not so sure about my purchase anymore, and I'm thinking about returning the Vita. It doesn't (laughs) seem like Sony or any game studios are really interested in investing in the system. Now, I'm not one of those people who only wants games like Uncharted and Killzone. I like indies, and I'm exploring a variety of different genres, along with PS2 and PS1 classics I've never played. But what's the point of having a $200 system to play games you can purchase on other consoles, which work better, or remotely on your PS4? I love my Vita, but just not sure it has a strong future. You don't love the Vita if you want oh, to tell oh, I'm calling fired. you out. CMO <laughs> dropping the truth over here. You don't love Vita. Don't tell Vita you love it. I don't believe you. <laughs> there's a lot he, of there's a lot of good games coming. Yeah, this. but in the, but this is an interesting point that we brought up with Shuhei, right? Is that from the outsider perspective, you watch that E3 press conference, Vita gets like like two minutes, right? Where they're like, other oh, stuff's coming too. Mm. All right, back to PS4 mm. and Powers. Yeah, Powers, that was great. <laughs> yeah. I loved that whole thing. And I think yeah. Shuhei admitted on our show, right, that you know he they thought they were preaching to the core, which they are. Mm. Obviously, people like us know there's a lot of Vita games. When you go to the PlayStation booth, there were a ton of Vita games there. However, to the general audience who only watches that and then maybe bounces out and doesn't read every preview we put up, it looks a little bit more sparse. Mm. Yeah, and if you think about it, like this is the year to show off the PS4 is like coming right. in strong. And and it would have went from a hour and 45 minute press conference to two hours or more if they tried to squeeze in some Vita stuff. So, I mean, they got, it, was, it was a balancing act. And, mm. you know, the thing about the Vita, Vita is like all of the big stuff is more from that indie side anyway. And that's not something you would like highly feature at a, at a major press conference like right. that. So, plus I think, you know, the remote play capacity is awesome. Yeah. Like, I've been using it a ton. Yeah, I use yeah. it. I use it a lot with Infamous, especially, and I yeah. thought it worked really well. But, um, you know, I was thinking about this a little bit because we wanted very selfishly for Vita to be given a, a better spotlight 15, 20, 30 minutes. I mean, that would have been awesome, right? Yeah. Show some new games. Here's that Infamous um, game. But the PSP had a similar trajectory when I think about E3's past. Um, not so much early in its life necessarily, but midway and, and late in its life. 2006, 2007, 2008, they weren't spending incredible amounts of time on PSP, but it didn't stop the unit from selling. It sold over 80 million units, which Vita will never do. But also, it didn't stop the games from coming. Um, And I I just, I wonder if Shu had a point. I think that when we talked to him at E3, though, it was somewhat, and I could have misjudged this, but maybe an admission on his point or just bringing it up that maybe they made a mistake. You know, that like, maybe we really needed to talk more about Vita, not because... We're not preaching the choir, but just to let people know that we care and we know because the games are coming. Freedom Wars is a it, that's a huge game. That might be, you know, when when all said and done with God Eater two and um, you know Tukaiden and all these other games that sold really 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 well. Persona, yeah. this might be one of those games that sells an incredible amount of units, and this might be the thing that revives it in Japan. And if it revives it in Japan, it's already coming here. I played it; it's very good. Um, we don't know when it come here, to, do we? It's we coming later this date? year. Okay, I'm also not convinced that like they don't have bigger plans for the rest of the year for Vita. Because if you think about it, PlayStation TV is coming, um, you know, this fall. And at least with the Japanese version, like, it is not that compelling. The UI just doesn't make sense for TVs. Like, the UI for Vita itself is actually kind of dated. I feel like there's, like, a The big, bubbles? <laughs> yeah, the bubbles is not so great. Uh, so I feel like there's probably a big overhaul coming for both platforms in anticipation of the PlayStation TV release. So I feel like 
you know, obviously this is based on just pure speculation. Sure. So I, I don't. Well, what would be exciting for me, right, is especially as they start pitching it more and more as an add-on to the PlayStation 4, yeah. is if the UI went and replicated what the PS4 does, yeah. which is a clean, good-looking system. I still want my games to be all under one tab so they're not spread out in one giant line, but I like it better than bubbles. But even, like, no bubbles. It changes or not, like, you know, uh, the PlayStation TV is going to be a big part of their fall narrative, and by association, the Vita will as well, so... Yeah, I'm starting. I'm so I'm fascinated by the Vita just in the sense that it seems to be showing a little bit of the signs of life. It'll pass 10 million sold this year, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's not great, but yeah. Um, and I'm wondering if like they're going to double down on it, release a new one, do like something, you know, like be like we're not. Everyone thinks handheld gaming's dead. It's not. Like, what, will we see Vita two or something like that, or like a backwards compatible Vita that's a little stronger, makes it a little bit easier to develop for, even though it's already easy to develop for. It's not easy to bring these powerful games over. We saw that with Borderlands. Although it didn't stop Borderlands from selling, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think that I agree. I think there's more in the works. Gamescom is this August. Um, they will, you know, they've traditionally talked a great deal about Vita. The first time anyone went hands on with Vita was at Gamescom. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, Edward, Minecraft Vita. That's and don't forget, PlayStation Now is coming for Vita. So mm-hmm. like that's going to be a huge thing too. So. And don't forget, Edward, you don't love Vita. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Destiny has long been said to get exclusive content on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Now we have a better idea of what that content is. PS4 and PS3 players alike will get a unique co-op strike mission on Mars, an exclusive competitive map, an exclusive set of guns and gear, and three exclusive ships. The Destiny Alpha is currently running exclusively on PlayStation 4, if you were lucky enough to get a code. I did. I didn't actually play, though. Greg, I saw you play it a little bit this weekend. Yeah. It, it, it's been extended. So oh, I think did it's still it? Oh, it running. just ended, actually. Oh, just so that yeah, ended. Yeah, yeah. So yeah it was extended by another day. Okay, so yeah. it's over as of Tuesday when you might be downloading this podcast, so you will not be able to play it anymore. Right. Until the beta launches in July. July, July 16th or something. It's right around the corner. Yeah, I played it. Um, I did not get crazy about it like some people did. Like some people, like, you know, max out every kind of character class. I played it. It seemed fun. It was a weird... I don't know... I thought maybe I got, since I joined late, it, it opened me in a different way. Did it open you the same way of just, like, dropping you in and being like, now go over yeah. there and find out why these people... And I was like, this yeah. is a weird thing. And then people were joining me already, and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it's one of those games, like, you have to settle into, for sure. Like, yeah. you, like and, and the alpha in particular doesn't really ease you into it. It just drops you in, like you said. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you had the time or if you, if you had a chance to really kind of dive into it, like... I got hooked, and and that seems to be a common sentiment yeah. from people. Like I've talked to a lot of people, and a lot a lot of people were kind of like not anticipating it at all. They're like, "Well, we'll give it a shot." Not really super psyched on Destiny, and then they're like, "Oh my god, this is great!" So, um, and OMG. I, <laughs> so I, I definitely had that experience. Um, you know, I I, I didn't got, max out every class, but people I, were talking like right. It was like it was Halo meets Borderlands meets an MMO, right? Yeah. That's how it felt to you too. Yeah, because for me, like I I love the concept of MMOs, but like I'm it's so intense and like time like you have to. It's such a time investment that yeah. I never get into them. Like Destiny, what struck me about it is it was like kind of like a diet MMO. Like I could kind of get some of those concepts, the loot systems, you know, the like kind of massive world, uh, you know, collaborating with other players, that sort of thing. But you know, not that to that upteenth degree of like just having to spend your like you know days figuring it all out and sure. maxing your character out. For me, it was the same thing where I started playing it. I was enjoying it. I thought it was a rough opening, but then I saw like where they're going. And also, I hate playing betas and, or alphas in this case, right. right? Where I'm gonna have to do this again. So once I got in, and they're like, "Now you've unlocked new gear, and you can switch." In. I was like, "Okay, cool," and turned it off and turned on Diablo, where I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna get <laughs> new gear and stuff. I'm gonna be going right. after loot, and I might as well just keep looting here." Right. Yeah, I, I I didn't. I mean, my only observation when you were playing, I'm like, "This looks like Borderlands 2. And I think that it. I mean, not aesthetically, but it looks a great deal like Borderlands 2 in terms. Well. Yeah, in terms of what it is. Um, 
but I think it was a kind of a stroke of genius, actually, because a lot of people weren't talking about Destiny. I feel like for this five hundred million dollar dev cycle and mm-hmm. marketing campaign, like no one's really talking about this game, and um, at least not to the tune that you would think for such a, a huge investment. I think that they were probably seeing that, and they were like, "We need to do something," and so they just made this alpha, like just created buzz. They they yeah. know they have something that's probably really great, and they were yeah. like, "We need to get people to play this and figure it out and build more and more anticipation." I think. The only thing that's changed my mind, I thought this game actually would be very similar to Titanfall, not in playstyle, but in the sense that this game is going to underwhelm and um, that Titanfall did not clearly do the numbers that they thought it was going to do. It does not have the staying power that they thought it was going to have. Maybe the sequel will, um, if that ever happens. But uh, I think now I'm, I'm seeing something where it's like they this is going to be big for them and uh, this is going to be big for PlayStation because um, it seems like people are really associating this game yeah, with yeah, PlayStation. Yeah. So I think it was a stroke of genius and uh, you know I'm interested to see more. I don't think it's a game I'm going to play. Um, I, I'm most intrigued by the story and the plot and that whole thing. I think that's fascinating. I think that's probably going to be the, mo- the least important thing in the game. And therefore, I like the idea of like the whole solar system. Everyone's exploring and expanding and then everything's wiped out. And er- everyone back on Earth are the only people left alive, I think, yeah. is a really cool idea. I also thought the, thought the timing was brilliant. Because like, every three, I come back and I'm like in this state of depression because right. I don't know like when I'm going to be able to play these games or it's going to be a year or months, you know, whatever. And then you get home and you can play one of the biggest games of the year right right away. I'm telling you, I, next year that's going to be the thing. Yeah. That's going to be the bonanza of on stage. All right, blah, blah, blah. And you can play the demo now. You can buy this game now. You can get in the beta now. Like every, There's going to be so many hooks to that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Sony was all over that. And I'll also say that there's just a bad stigma about that with what happened with Saturn in E3. Because uh, a lot of people that are younger don't remember Saturn was yeah. launched at E3 being like, the, it's available now and it's bombed. So I think that'll... Sorry, I, I cursed again. Oh, so you. I think that uh, it, we're, we're, we're trying not to curse so much on the podcast, which is basically just me <laughs> not trying not to curse so much. So now when you're tweeting me on Tuesdays at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time asking where the show is, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's going to take me a, no, a, it's, I'm, literally probably years. Two, <laughs> two of these are mine already. Um, so I like the list of just like expletives and yeah, the, yeah, time, and the right? time codes <laughs> so I know what I'm looking for when I try to edit the show. So anyway, that's that. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about how that game does. Yep. Uh, number three. Payday 2 is coming to PlayStation 4 as well as Xbox One. Word comes by way of publishing uh, publisher 505 Games, which revealed that the so-called Crime Wave edition of the game will be coming to next-gen consoles. There's no word on a release date yet, but if you can't wait, Payday 2 is already available on PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. I never played the sequel, but I really enjoyed the first one very much. Yeah. Uh, really nice idea. It seems like um, it's a bank-robbing simulator, or at least yeah. the first one was. And so I, it seems like, I was saying, like Battlefield whatever the hell it's called. Totally aped it. It's totally a ripoff yeah. of Payday. Now, but it's just like a, a better studio working on sure. a bigger version of the game. Bigger, but it seemed bigger like, heist, more yeah. effects. More, but it's like yeah, totally... Yeah. I, when I was seeing that, I was, I was watching it, I'm like, this is just like glorified Payday. So good for them that they they basically saw the promise in that yeah. game, um, which is cool. And that's probably why they're bringing this to the next-gen consoles. They mm-hmm. probably I mean, maybe heard a little thing or two in the grapevine. I didn't realize Gus Spring from... Uh, Breaking Bad's in it. Yeah, so I was at E3 and I was walking by and they had like a poster of him with Payday 2. I thought I was like, oh, (laughs) cool. Uh, Number four is an interesting one. Um, Final Fantasy Type-0 is finally coming westward and strangely Square Enix has opted to release the game on next-gen consoles, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, the game originally launched on PSP in 2012, and it never left Japan, even after a couple of years of fans begging and pleading. Lots of people are upset that it's not coming to Vita. This is the, this is the messed up part. The original PlayStation blog post said it would come to Vita, and then mm. they, they removed it. But I think we're lucky to be getting the game at all. A lot of people on, uh, are tweeting about this. They have their hashtags going to try to get it to Vita. I, I commend you. Maybe they'll bring it to Vita. I think that you kind of can't be choosers when... when um, 
they're releasing this game, which no one ever expected would right. come out here. I think it's a huge deal um, that we're getting it at all. I, I'm just interested to see what it looks like because it is going to be a up-res PSP game, you know, yeah. on these next-gen consoles. So, I don't know. It's weird, but it's cool that it's coming. Uh, and finally, before we get into E3 news, uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, Grand Theft Auto 5's online offshoot is getting an update called I'm Not a Hipster. <laughs> the, up, the update is available now and adds new gear to clothing, tattoos, hairstyles, masks, weapons, and cars to make you a bonafide hipster. Well, now I'm, I have to play it. Yeah, that's weird. What was the staying power like on that? On what? Grand Theft Auto Online. I don't know. I'm sure it's big. Yeah, for the, for the general public, right? None of us stuck. I mean, Alfredo I did all those videos and then... I mean, he, we all have to jump around so much. No, it's not like something I ever felt like I needed to go back to. Yeah, I, I played it for you know a couple days, and uh, it was one of those. It was another situation where it's just sort of like like an incredible time investment. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was like some exploits that allowed you to like progress like faster, progress. but like the the natural evolution would require quite a bit of gotcha. time. And I was just like, uh, peace. Yeah. I'm Scott Lowe. I ain't got time for this. But now, it's now I got all the time in the world. Well, now. Uh, PS4 version is mm-hmm. coming. Sorry to like jump ahead if that's on there somewhere. It's not actually. I forgot to put it on here. Okay, so, so yeah. yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five is coming to PlayStation Four this uh, this fall, right? And Xbox One. And Xbox One. Yeah, that wasn't clear originally, but no, it was, that's how those that announcements always are. Unless they shady. say exclusively, yeah. you know, it's not exclusive at all. Yeah, yeah the, the the combination of like first and exclusive at uh, E3 this year was like at critical mass. Yeah. It was just like so confusing. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. All right, let's get into the E3 news. There's a lot of exciting stuff happening in E3 with PlayStation. My God. Number six, Uncharted 4 has officially been revealed. Initially teased as Uncharted PS4 back in December, Uncharted 4 A Thief's End is a PlayStation 4 exclusive under development in Naughty Dog, and will be launched sometime in 2015. And boy, oh boy, was that trailer pretty. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Uh, so we don't really know much more about the game from there. I, I think we have a little subsequent post right uh, from the that, playstation yeah. blog a lot of talk of it being the last one right yeah which ha- is fine they talked to nolan north after a panel he was saying he thought in for all intents and purposes for him it was the last one he uh, he thought this is how they wanted to wrap it up no official word obviously but kyle writes into beyond at ign.com just like you can it says greetings beyond crew from england is he saying be- greetings beyond crew from england like we're from england or he's from england he's from england There's There's a kyle. kyle in england <laughs> okay he's saying hey Hi, Hello. Kyle from England. The trailer for Uncharted 4 heavenly, heavenly, heavily hints that this may be Nate's last adventure and maybe Naughty Dog's last Uncharted game. My question regards the future of both Uncharted and Naughty Dog. Assuming that Nate does die or permanently retire, do you think that the Uncharted series will continue with a new set of characters? And do you think that Naughty Dog will continue making the Uncharted games or will Stone- Sony instead allow the series to continue with a different studio similar to the Halo series? That way, allowing Naughty Dog to move on to new projects or continue expanding the Last of Us universe. Um, I think this sounds to me like the last Uncharted game, period, but I also think that Sony would be very foolish to retire Uncharted um, permanently. Uh, I don't. I think if they do something crazy like kill Nate, then they are completely out of touch with what Uncharted is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that you can end it like that. You can't kill Nate in his no. final adventure. Um, I think that you know, just the you know, spoilers, just the danger of un- in Uncharted Three of um, Sully being you know killed, and yeah. everyone thought he was dead for a little while. I was like horrified. You yeah, know? I was yeah, like, yeah, you can't. Yeah. This is just not the game for that. And so I hope they don't go down that path because it's supposed to be a pulp adventure, very Indiana Jones like. It's supposed yeah. to be, you know. Right. Um, and I don't think they're going to. I think they understand that that's what people want. You can't. Drake is untouchable. You can't 
do that to him. But yeah. I also think that this is, you know, another Uncharted game was developed in another studio, a core Uncharted game, and um, with Sony Bend on Vita. And I think that they'll they'll keep going, but I think that this will be Naughty Dog's last Uncharted. I think they yeah. this will be the last one for Naughty Dog, and I think it'll be the heavy rest on the series for quite some time. I don't think you'll see one super soon from another studio. I mean, I, Colin, you probably know the stats. Like, where does it fall in terms of, like, of their highest-selling franchises? Is it... It's, like, third, I think, behind yeah. God of War and, like, God of War 3 and yeah. Gran Turismo 5. And then I think the Uncharted games are in the mix. And The Last of Us is up there, too, now. Yeah, I think, you know, creatively, like, yeah, like you guys are saying, it's probably Naughty Dog's last. But, like, yeah, Sony would be crazy. Like, it would, it would just be bad business. Like, people would probably have, like, you know, some top-level executives yelling at them. If they, I'd if say they were five tired. to seven years before you see another Uncharted really? after Uncharted. They can, like, reboot it or something yeah, in the future. Yeah, exactly. Well, we still don't know we're going to see this one, so. Sure, but once you do know, add yeah. five to seven years <laughs> to that 20-whatever date, and there you go. Wow. 20, it's, uh, yeah, 2015. Yeah, they say 2015. Yeah. We'll see. But, yeah, I, and that's what we've been saying the whole time, holiday 2015, if yeah. they make that. I don't know. Maybe they will. Uh, I wish we saw gameplay, but uh, I suspect we'll see that before the year's over. Uh, number seven. This is an exciting one, too. Strangely exciting for me after seeing it. Strangely exciting. Uh, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about the rumored PS4 exclusive called Project Beast. Mm. And now Beast. we know what the game is. It's called Bloodborne, and it's the spiritual, spiritual successor to Demon Souls. It's under development at From Software, the studio responsible for Demon Souls and Dark Souls, and is set for release exclusively on PlayStation 4 in 2015. I saw the game behind closed doors. Miyazaki gave uh, a demo of it, uh, an extended demo. Um, and it was everything that I wanted Dark Souls and Demon's mm. Souls to always be, which was just a game that was a little faster and a little more arcadey and a little less rigid and and slow, which is why I didn't like playing those games. And so I'm totally on board because they basically have seemed to have rectified my one issue with the game. Now, when I tweeted about that, people were upset being like, I don't want it to be like Ninja Gaiden or God of War. And I'm like, it's not that fast you know it's yeah. just like a little faster, faster. you yeah. can roll yeah it looks like it's you can like bit. dodge and like but i know you could do these things in in, in in the game but you're not holding a shield and you're not like encumbered and all this kind of stuff and that's what i want and and for the game being in pre-alpha the game is gorgeous i don't know if you you guys in did you i saw it i, I, did I went and saw it was it. like i was like holy like oh crap, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> it was really really pretty and I'm, I'm really excited about what they're doing and they were really funny and self-deprecating too because the game kept messing up like um, enemies kept coming from like out of nowhere yeah. like that were not supposed to be there in the script and uh, he, he kept saying like just pretend that that enemy wasn't there <laughs> like, as they're walking through because an enemy would just come and like claw I was really, I really liked I didn't realize when I watched the trailer or whatever that there was the change in environment too you know what I mean that it's not like you know a dungeon fantasy color. dungeons it's, it's, it's very like, like uh, cobblestone streets it's yeah, Victorian yeah, yeah. That looks cool. I like that. It was yeah. really beautiful. It had frame rate problems, but it's pre-alpha. Oh, yeah. So it was matter. running like crap. But yeah, the, yeah. the you can't judge a game that far out. They, I know. Uh, well, because some people would say, like, we. I said that about The Order. Uh, um, but The Order was not in, you know, that far out. Yeah. Far out, man. Far out, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm, exci- I'm super stoked about that game with the exception of... Um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which I saw behind closed mm, doors. That game doctor. looks extraordinary, by yeah. the way. Uh, the Bloodborne was my favorite game of the show. Uh, number eight. Infamous Second Son is getting standalone DLC. Woo! It's called First Light, and it will be available later this summer. First Light puts you in the role of the neon-wielding character Fetch. Woo! And like Infamous 2's Festival of Blood DLC, it can be played without you necessarily having to own Infamous Second Son. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Greg's stoked. Uh, it's very cool. I did a Rewind Theater with uh, Nate Fox. Um, 
about the uh, the game. We talked a little bit about about it, and yeah. uh, I think they were surprised uh, and 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 pleasantly surprised that people took the fetch. Uh, yeah. I'm glad yeah. that Delson is not the subject of the DLC. I don't think Delson's as good of a character as Cole. I think it's cool to move on to some of these other ancillary characters that are in the game and expand that universe. And uh, I'm excited to see more. Although I'm most excited for Sucker Punch to go do something else. Sure. So uh, the faster this comes out, the faster that will happen. Pardon my ignorance, and hopefully others listening are as you we'll know, pardon you as well. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so with the DLC, like you can buy it a standalone. Yeah. Is the DLC open world though? Can like you is so are you downloading like pretty much the my entire? Sus- my suspicion is yes. Okay. Because in in Festival of Blood for Infamous Two, you downloaded a portion of the city. It wasn't like the whole new yeah. array. It was like right. a piece of it. And so I s- suspect that you know m- my suspicion is that it'll be a little more uh, dynamic this time. It might be able to actually run off your game and run off the city, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. That's really cool. Yeah. That city also, and if, the more I think about Second Son, the more I feel like that city wasn't even that big. So it's like, you know, like it wasn't ma- like this. I thought it was going to be massive. And it wasn't. I felt like it was as big as Numeray. I also felt like the enemies in that game were like unnecessarily difficult, which is what turned me off. Like I, I died repeatedly on a few missions. And I was like, nope. Yeah, there was. It was a tough game. We, right. I, I platinumed it playing it on hard. You have to uh, be a little pa- more patient because you don't have your HUD anymore. Yeah, you got to stay, mm-hmm. stay on the outside. Use yeah. some cover. Shoot out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one was long rumored, but uh, was exciting for a lot of people. Little Big Planet is officially back Woo! with Little Big Planet Three. This is number nine, by the way, which will come to PlayStation Four in November. Interestingly, it's also coming to PlayStation Three, though this wasn't clarified during the E3 press conference. LBP Three is under development not at Native Studio Media Molecule, but at second party house Sumo Digital, and will allow any and all stages created in the original Little Big Planet and its sequel to be played in the third iteration. And they're upraised. LBP3 really cool. also introduces a slew of new playable characters and seems to be slanted more towards co-op, uh, which completely turned me off from the You end. got that odd suck. Yeah, there's some... The, the, <laughs> the characters are really, really cute. Yeah. yeah. And I... This is so funny, but like, how burlappy uh, Sackboy looks on PS4. It's like so... He looks so good. If you haven't seen that that uh, that trailer yet, you should go check it out on IGN because it's... it's uh, It looks really, really good. And was it, it playable at the show? Uh, yeah, it was. Okay. I didn't play it, but it was playable. Andrew Goldfarb played with Shuhei Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a good picture of him. Yeah. And I got some people in to play it uh, late in the, in the show so they can get experience. Some people are really stoked. I've never been a fan of that series, so you know, I'm glad for everyone that is uh, excited about it. But, uh, yeah, it's not for me. Too floaty. Yeah, way too floaty. I like them sharp mechanics mm-hmm. when I play the my Mega platforms. Man. Yeah. Number 10. A white PlayStation 4 will launch this September alongside Destiny. The upcoming open-world shooter from Bungie, the PS4, which will be available in a bundle only, will come, for now, I guess, will come with a white console, white DualShock 4, and a copy of the game. I like how many people were upset that about that. Whoa, I got this black PS4, I want that one. Blah, blah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I like the black PS4. I think it's, I do too, yeah. but the white one does look awesome. Yeah. It does, it does look nice. I have no need, but yeah. I really you want it. You have the want. Yeah, I, no I, need, I, but I, you have the want. Oh, man. Number 11. The Order 1886 has a new official release date. Delayed several weeks ago out of 2014, you can find The Order 1886 on February 20th, 2015 worldwide. Additionally, the game is getting three different collector's editions depending on the territory you live in and will run the gamut from $79.99 to $149.99. And unlike that Wolfenstein, uh, it will game? actually come with the game. Wow. <laughs> I like that game a lot, man. I had, the order? Yeah, yeah. I had not. You know, we hadn't really seen much of it, but then, uh, or I hadn't. I should say, I'm sorry. You've seen a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting to see the demo that they showed at the PlayStation press conference, and then I hosted the live show segment with them. I was like, ah, yeah, this looks great. It was hands on at the show, right? Like people could play it. You could if you were a judge. Oh, okay. um, 
I saw it behind closed doors. It was one of the first things I did at E3, um, and I was talking to Rue and those guys over there. Um, you know, because they, they love, they really love history, and they know I love history, so we, we get yeah. into some good conversations. And the game, from the portion I saw, of the game behind closed doors was running extraordinarily well, uh, much better than the game was running. There's all of these little things in that game that really, really, really get me excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I talked about in this particular sequence, which was an extended sequence from what we saw at the press conference, which I think is probably what you saw at the live show. I don't think so. You didn't see the thing in the hospital? No. Oh, you saw something else? This I didn't is, see this, this is. I described it to somebody, and they said it was what you saw the first time you saw it. Oh, okay. But it was like running shooting. Well. Yeah, you're going through the streets, yeah, taking cover. There was like people up here. You're fighting, and you weren't fighting monsters. You're no, fighting you're rebels. Fighting, they're called the, the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it ran well. Yeah, it ran well. I mean, that, that was really chugging. It, it, so that part is, really shows off its cover shooting. It's very Gears of War inspired, which would be very Kill Switch inspired if you want to be a freaking huge nerd. Not Switch. <laughs> um, so remember Kill Switch? That was a great game. Uh, I had it on PS2. Uh, and w- so the part, portion I saw was really intriguing to me because not only did it show off the beautiful lighting effects and the beautiful graphics of the game, I love how his lantern's all dirty and stuff like that. Like, there's yeah. all these, like, little things, like the glass isn't clear and clean. It's coming out all weird. Um, everything in the environments totally can be interacted with. So, like, you can bump things off a shelf or shoot some bottles. And then if a cutscene takes over, it, it, it shows all that stuff in the background. So it doesn't, like... It doesn't skip any of the little things that make it that make it immersive. But what I really love the most is that at this sequence he was fighting one of the half breeds, and he. What I was really intrigued is games give you a lot of power, and they tell you go kill these things, and you can do it, and right. you'll get stronger and stronger. He had no interest in fighting this thing, and that was like what was so cool about it. Like he was just trying to get away, yeah. and I was like, that's just really weird. Like it's unusual because they did, sh- you know, I saw that Gears of War type part where they're killing humans, and then he's like terrified of this thing. Like, and he's just trying to shoot it to get away. Like, he's not killing it, and the thing's, like, not letting up. Yeah. And he's hiding from it. And I was like, this is really, really cool. It puts a whole different horror vibe on the game um, that made me much, much more excited about it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, you're just not, generic, like, shooting, like, you know, waves of enemies. Like, well, that was the thing that struck me about the presentation at the press conference. I was, like, watching this, and it was, like, yes, you're fighting a monster, but, like, it's, like, talking to you, and it's terrifying like it like it like it was really unsettling even in like this massive auditorium of people like i was like wow this game is like really really creepy and i'm into it yeah 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 Yeah, the way they put it which i thought was extraordinary when i was talking to rue over at at ready at dawn was um he was saying like these monsters aren't stupid they're not like zombies they have human like human brains and human emotions and therefore like the ability to attack and self-preserve and do all these things, and so it just makes them scarier because right. they have the power to fight and the actual intelligence to fight like a human, um, which is cool. So yeah. we'll see how it plays out, but um, yeah, I'm 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 excited about that game. And we really need a game like that on PS4 because the, you know it's pretty barren for AAA exclusives. Sure. Number twelve. This is a weird one. And they glossed over this one. The original Ratchet and Clank, first launched on PlayStation 2 in 2002, is getting remade for PlayStation 4. It will be remade internally in Insomniac Games, and is set to coincide with the launch of Ratchet and Clank, mo- Ratchet and Clank's movie in 2015. I thought that was kind of cool, but that was they didn't spend any time on that. No. And then we got blamed for it by Tim V, who okay. writes into Beyond and says, Hey, Greg, Colin, in the perpetually rotating third chair. It strikes me that IGN has had very little coverage of the new Ratchet and Clank game on PS4. It got a very, very brief mention at Sony's E3 press conference, and I've noticed that IGN hasn't really covered the new game or the accompanying trailer for the movie. Not even a rewind theater! I've encountered a worrying amount of fans who are unaware that Insomniac has anything planned for PS4, let alone something as exciting as a Ratchet and Clank 1 remake. 
Well, what do you want us to do? I mean, if we don't have, you know, they didn't the seem to care very much there. about it. Yeah. It's because no one cares. I've been so many years on this show now. I've been saying, stop making Ratchet and Clank grow insomniac. <laughs> and Sun- Sunset Overdrive looks so awesome and different and amazing. And like, oh, yep, still not excited. Uh, oh, you weren't excited for the four Ratchet and Clanks we already put out on the PS3 and all this stuff? What if we take the really old one and read? Didn't f- no, go away. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. I understand you have a movie coming out. And the other thing, we haven't covered the movie he's talking about. We we have the exclusive reveal of the movie. We yeah. announced that on IGN. Yeah. So, Tim V, you are now ordered to turn off this podcast and go to Giant Bomb. Repent. You are no longer allowed to be an IGN fan. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting that they don't even care about it. No, I mean, it's just, it was just weird. I mean, it was just like a throwaway announcement. I feel like part of it is to say, like, Insomniac's still with us. And, right. you know, their other game looks extraordinary, but... We can do this, I guess. We ain't yeah. alone, eh. Well, I'd be surprised if, like, that game has even been started in real, like, earnest. Like, they, like they're probably still wrapping up Sunset, and, like, they're not going to start on that until, you know, later this year. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, it, it was an interesting announcement. I really, really like the original Ratchet & Clank a lot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's just very dated. Is the collection out now on Vita 2? Yeah. There's so oh, many... no, it comes out soon in July. So... So many, it's just like guts are falling out of somebody's body. <laughs> They're not even like stopping. It's like all this. How do I hold all these ratchet and clank announcements? No one cares about, and then these keep falling, and nobody. Yeah, nope. and what's weird is that they could do something more clever, like they did with Sly, because Sly Cooper seemed even more dead than Ratchet. Yeah. Uh, but Sly Four was really good, handled really well, and sold really well. It actually charted that month. If you guys remember correctly, yeah, which was yeah. really weird. Like I was like, I, I, I think that really surprised them how well that game. Yeah, sold. it was a weak month for sure. Yeah. But I mean, that is part of it. But also because they took time off. Mm-hmm. There what you know what I mean? There hadn't been a Sly in so long. Then there was the collection. Then there was the game. Yeah. So I don't know. I got Ratchet coming out my ears, Scott Lowe, <laughs> and I've had enough. Let him rest. Number 13. The Last of Us Remastered, the PS4 port of Naughty Dog's Smash Hit PS3 exclusive, finally has a release date. It will launch worldwide on July 29th. You excited? I am excited. Me too. Um, I'm looking forward to playing that again. The game looks gorgeous, too. Like, it probably didn't come across in the stream or, like, any kind of compressed online video, but, like, when they showed it on screen at the the presentation, I was, like, blown away by how good it looked. Did it look like it was moving too quickly? Well, that's the 60 frames effect. Okay. Like, you, you're not used to seeing it that way, and and that's part of why it looks so clean and crisp. I couldn't tell if it was a stream thing or if it, you know, because I'm not, I was watching it, obviously, back at the IGN Worm or whatever. I wasn't sure. It just didn't look right to me, and I wasn't sure if I should adjust to it, and that's it, or what? Yeah, I mean, 60 frames are, like, you, you see that most commonly in, like, shooters and stuff, like, you know, big action games. So, like, yeah. seeing it in a third-person game is a little jarring sometimes. Like, okay. I, I don't, actually, I can't recall the last like third person game that I remember that was like uh, <laughs> uh so yeah it was that was a little jarring but it also like helps make the game sure like because like one of my like people are asking me like why would you want to play it again like you know a I like visuals a that's one of my favorite games of all time um uh, b you know but like I'm gonna say yeah you just yeah, have two a's yeah, yeah. <laughs> double a, a. a two. um but no I, I think you know the the visuals are really cool, and because like the PS3 version, when you look, when you compare them side by side, it just kind of looks muddy, and like you know, it's a beautiful game for the platform, right. but you know, being able to see that world fully realized with like perfect detail, like I'm all for that. I'm all for you. Oh, thank you. We're all for one. Yeah, sure. Ratchet uh, three Clank. Musketeers. Yeah, Ratchet, <laughs> Ratchet Clank coming 2015. Please be excited. Number 14. Sony's long-discussed streaming service, PlayStation Now, finally has a launch date. It will be available in the U.S. and Canada on July 31st, only on PlayStation 4, and will then roll out on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita sometime thereafter. I was reading rumors that Now might also be available in Europe at some point this year. Um, I think their infrastructure would actually handle it better, but 
in I don't Europe. Know. Yeah. They have better infrastructure than us. Less people, too. Fewer people. Sorry. Well, I mean, obviously, it's a huge like market for them. So Yeah, it would be good to get it there. And they have to get that money back. They spend on Got to get that paid. I think the more I hear about them now, the less I care about it, to be perfectly honest. Um, but uh, I'll, I'm interested to see how it works. Uh, I think the the benefit is going to extend beyond, beyond. The, play, <laughs> the PlayStation uh, products. So I think like it's when you can see it showing up on smartphones and tablets, and you know, like laptop, being able to potentially access it from your laptop, that sort of thing. Like it's it's more about continuing your experience outside of the PlayStation products that I think um, where it'll be like have its biggest value. Let me ask you this: You can answer this question because you actually understand what you're talking about. With technology. Maybe we'll see. I was, you know, Shuhei told us during Podcast Beyond last week that, you know, latency is always the problem, right? Mm-hmm. That right. there's just certain, the, the way it works is that you just can't do anything about it. Like, you can make it better, but you can't Erase eliminate it. it completely. Right. And I was thinking, like, is it possible or, like, do these streaming services already do it in a sense where, like, they're streaming? If you're playing Bioshock, for instance, it'll stream, like, the entire section of the game. And so you're playing it more natively. So, like, you can eliminate the, you know, eliminate the. So, like, in other words, it's streaming por- whole portions of the game to your console or to your your tv or whatever and then it's running natively there so that there is no latency like is that possible to like stream in parts of the game and play it like on your own hardware or does it have to play on like a server far away um, you, know, you know what i mean like yeah like where you mean like it's actually running locally yeah like you're somehow like downloading like, portions of it at a time so like that there is no latency so you're playing it natively and then it's sent, it's like pinging back and forth to stream in new parts of the game i don't it, think yeah i don't think playstation now does that um i think you know the, the thing about latency is it's Everywhere, even in the games that are running locally, you have the latency between the controller from your console to the TV. Like it's one of the, it, it's it's so the real the onus on the, the server side is to reduce it as much as possible. But the concept of local processing, as far as I know, um, would be very difficult to achieve because you like you're exchanging data rapidly. Uh, you know, and you think about the size of these files, like for especially like next gen titles. Um, it'd be very difficult to achieve, at least as I understand it. I could be wrong, or I could be unfamiliar with like the some like new innovation of it. But um, I think it's really just about the infrastructure of the servers, right? Like, so if you only have data centers like three areas of the country, latency is going to be higher because people are going to have to like the data is going to travel farther. Um, whereas if you have a big, robust network where like there's server farms near you know a bulk of the players, I think it should be pretty passable i mean the thing is is like you'll never at least not for the next couple of years be able to play games with the same level of experience that you do on your console especially when you're talking about games like you know twitch shooters and that sort of thing like it's it's just not like that's not what it's gonna be for but you know getting the core experience getting you know uh you know an enjoyable experience i think that's they've already hit that point um but, you know, we'll see how it shapes up when it actually rolls out, like, broadly. Yeah, it's very interesting. I thought, when I was thinking about that, I don't know when I thought about that, I was like, that's kind of a stroke of genius, isn't it? But there must be some reason why they don't why they do not do that, and, like, just downloading little packages at a time, and somehow, pro- but you'd have to have the processing power on your on your machine to, it doesn't really make right, any sense. Right, right, right. But I was like, oh, maybe it makes sense. That'd be cool. It doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably makes sense to somebody much smarter than me. Um you know, to like in potentially an option, uh, especially for like gaming centric devices, whereas something like a tablet obviously would be more challenging. Right. True enough. Yep. Number 15. We'll start cranking through these now. Yeah. YouTube is officially coming to PlayStation 4 in 2014. Damn it! I knew you, that should have been one of my predictions. Better yet, you won't <laughs> be able to only watch videos. You can actually upload your own captured creations directly to YouTube via the PlayStation 4. But that's not huge. streaming, though, right? 
Is that right? I don't think they mentioned streaming. It happened so fast. I didn't yeah. know. And then I was, more, so... I was more kicking myself for not putting that in my official predictions. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall, but like I, I didn't think that was mentioned. Um, Clips is still cool with Share Factory and everything else. Yeah. But yeah. streaming's where it's at, yeah. I mean, with Twitch and everything else. Yeah. Number 16, Suda51 is officially working on a PlayStation 4 exclusive game called Let It Die. Little is known about it other than that it is quite violent, if you saw the trailer. Yeah. The game was actually revealed at TGS last year in the form of Lily Regamo, which was its working title. Um, Heard Let It Die is loosely based on you go to Insomniac and try to make them stop making it. It's an adventure game where you're pleading with Ted every, Price. Every time you have a conversation with anyone, all the choices are just let it die. <laughs> <laughs> Number 17, this was a big surprise. Grim Fandango is being remastered yes. and is officially coming to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. The game originally came to PC in 1998 and is considered one of the best adventure games ever created. It comes from Double Fine. Tim That's Schaefer. super cool. I yeah. never played the original Grim Fandango and I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. Yep. And I refuse to play it on any PC crap, so this yeah. is good for me. And that's all I want is announcements to benefit me and my trophies. <laughs> Number 18. You're falling really behind. you got to really do something about your trophies. I'm really disappointed. In what, I'm behind you? Yeah. I'm always going to be behind you. That's how it should be. Whoever's in charge of the PlayStation brand at IGN should be blazing the trail forward for trophies. <laughs> that's some trail. Number 18. <laughs> Dead Island 2 is revealed at PlayStation's E3 press conference and will come to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in the spring of 2015. It will get an exclusive PS4 beta as it approaches a release. That was a pretty cool trailer. Right? They're good, they're good at making awesome trailers. Yeah. But I'm excited for the game. Everybody knows I'm in. I'm in the tank for Dead Island. I enjoyed one and Riptide even, uh, but I, I enjoy them knowing what they are. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm gonna go in there and have a million zombies to kill and run around doing missions and not care about the story or whatever. And like, and then put up with glitches that keep me from platinum. Yeah, the game. Greg almost <laughs> lost his mind when that happened. That was the worst. I drove uh, to GameSpot, this GameStop that day yeah. to buy the, <laughs> buy the guide to come home to go through, and then it turned out that they just weren't where they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, I've had I've writing guides back in the day. I've played like early builds of games where collectibles are in totally different places. Yeah. That's like the la- literally the last thing they do. They like don't like when you always ask them like, where is the you know like what about the blast shards? Like we don't care. I'll do that a week before the frigging game comes out. <laughs> um, same thing with trophies. Like that's just like the, an afterthought. Yeah. yeah, nobody thinks about it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's cool. Um, I gave up on Dead Island very early because there was just way too many opening suitcases that was yeah. literally my turn off that was number one I yeah can't open real early because i'm too ocd when i play these games and there's too many goddamn containers in this game and i just and i was just like all right i took it out of my ps3 and never played and it again. was one of those annoying ones too where you have to open it and then take it yeah so like when there's like 20 suitcases in front of you that's 40 clicks right there you're like jeez yeah i'm just like i yeah. can't do this I just... loot systems give me anxiety just because like i what, don't know yeah. how to, like managing it all like but i might need this yeah the worst is when you it. like when you always get to that path where like, the two parts of the map you haven't explored and you know yeah. one of them is going to funnel you to ending where you are and you're like ah, what do I do? yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough the um and especially in games when you get encumbered like fallout was really tough yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. when you first play fallout 3 you're just collecting everything and then you realize like 10 minutes like before you even out of the fall you're like, you can't play the game like this yeah, yeah. i have like everything like pots and pans and like <laughs> yeah irons and broken shit. badges and all this dumb <laughs> well, stuff well that was one of the things someone was mentioned to me about destiny which i like i didn't know but apparently if you go on these like strike quests with uh, other people and you miss loot they like mail it to the like the citadel or whatever you know the the, the tower where you know you actually can go and like you know upgrade your stuff like so it'll just be there even though you didn't pick it up that's or cool. even see it so like it's that's stuff smart. like that where i said like you know it's like kind of like diet mmo so like yeah more things to make me not have to hunt stuff down i'm, <laughs> I'm all for it yeah time is of the essence right now finally number 19 we mentioned it earlier but just to go over it playstation vita tv is coming westward and is being rebranded as playstation tv the 99 dollar piece of hardware which originally launched in japan last year allows you to play vita games on your tv as well as psp games and other titles and more importantly acts as a proxy for your playstation 4 allowing you to play ps4 on another tv in your house 
If you want a DualShock 3 with the hardware, it'll run you 139 and will include an 8 gig Vita memory card, an HDMI cable, and a copy of Lego the Movie the Video Game. For Vita. For Vita, yes. Mm. Does anybody care? That was a big deal when they announced it, right? PlayStation TV. I mean, the yeah. original announcement of PlayStation Vita TV. And then it's, you bought one and brought it back from Japan. Yeah, when there. like so. I, I honestly haven't messed with it too much because when when I brought it region back, locked, it was right. like region locked. It you couldn't do anything unless you had a Japanese account. Um, but yeah, like I was saying earlier, like it is not a really amazing experience, at least in the manifestation yeah. of the Japanese model. So I like I'm fingers crossed, Shuhei, if you're listening, like please like improve the UI and like the the experience because right now it's just it's weird, it's jarring for a TV experience. And it also just bombed in Japan. I can't I can't imagine how much unsold stock they have. I, I feel like um, the they the onus was on them to release in the West just to probably get rid of some of that stock. You right. know, like they probably you know maybe can release firmware or something to make it not region locked or you right. know even peel open some of those boxes because i mean it was it was like really underwhelming uh the sales which is funny because during the press conference they were like trumping out how much of a success it was and like demand was out of control and it's like that numbers did not have not reflected that i don't know like maybe i'm reading the wrong numbers but i feel like it's like it just bombed yeah i mean i know obviously word of mouth we were excited about it like people like in concept were but like yeah i don't know if that translated to sales okay that's That's it. it You missed one. Charlie Gadsden wrote in with it, though. Beyond. 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 Last week, as I threw on my Beyond t-shirt and got comfy to watch some E3 press conferences, I neglected something very important. Water. IGN's live stream held my attention for so long that I became dehydrated near the end of the second day of E3. I began to vomit incessantly, and the toilet became my best friend over many hours. Jesus. My wife rushed me to the ER. I became car sick and threw up all over my Beyond shirt. The doctor spoke to me about the importance of proper hydration. In the end, he looked at my disgusting Beyond shirt, back at me, back at the shirt, and back at me again. Again, he walked away and paused in the doorway, sighed, and said, if I wanted to know what games came out this week, where would I go? <laughs> oh, my God. We haven't done one of those no, in a long that time. Good. That was good. You go? Uh, you go to the uh, Andrew Goldfarb Memorial List of Upcoming PlayStation Software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. We haven't done one of those in a No, long. we haven't. And Charlie pointed out, of course, that that's fake. That yeah. didn't, <laughs> yeah, didn't really happen. <laughs> he just wanted to give an old school beyond reference. This is amazing. Um, PlayStation 4 EA Sports UFC comes out digitally and retail. That's the only PS4 game this week. Mm. Uh, by the way, Entwine came out last week. Yeah. Kind of counts, kind of doesn't. I'm going to review it. That should go up this week. Uh, PlayStation 3 gets Battle Princess of Arcadia's digitally. That's an NIS uh, side-scrolling RPG that looks really cool, but I don't know if it's any good. Interestingly, Tales from Space Mutant Blobs Attack comes out on PS3 digitally. That was a Vita launch game. And it's it was also great. On, yeah, it's also on Xbox 360 this week if you have that. And on Vita, the only game is Magical Beat, which looks like some sort of puzzle game. Get that Magic Beat! Uh, available digitally. So pretty, pretty slow week. That's how it is after E3. Speaking of three, let's go to topic of the week. Uh, last week we did our annual E3 predictions. I guess two weeks ago actually did our annual E3 predictions. And as always, M Dog Mitchell Morgan came through, chronicled them all, wrote them this in. Abacus. We're gonna go really fast here. Hey guys, here are the inarguable results of your E3 predictions. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Colin. Yeah. Last Gar- This is your prediction. Okay. Last Guardian is real. Team Eco is developing it. It will be re-revealed at E3. Released this fall. PS3 and PS4. <laughs> quote 100% confident. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell writes. I said that about Mitt Romney getting elected in 2012. Mitchell writes. After an initial cancellation scare, we still didn't hear anything out of Team Eco at E3. Maybe. BTGS, emoticon of a crying, frowny face, zero points. Colin, PlayStation Vita will get a new first-party title developed by a second party. The game will be Infamous or God of War. Mitchell, sadly, no new big first-party games were revealed at E3 for Vita, zero points. Colin, Sony Ben will Sony Ben's game will be. 
coming in 20... I write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what my 50, third one was. 20. Sony's Bend will be re- game will be revealed. It'll be coming in 2015. PS Vita and PS4 not related to Siphon Filter. Mitchell says, and we still haven't heard from Bend. Where are you at, Lord Derek? Or Lord Eric, right? And then D- Lord Eric. The guy yeah. from... Yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. Zero <laughs> points. Greg. PlayStation Now will be released the week after E3. It will cost money, June 17th. Mitchell, PlayStation Now won't be released until July 31st, zero points. Greg, Parappa the Rappa, PS4 2015. Mitchell, no sign of our little rapping buddy either. Greg, Media Molecule shows their game. Mitchell, Media Molecule stuck to their word and did not appear at E3. No ice cream truck were, this moment were, this year. They would be a studio that would do you that. You guys nailed it this oh, year. Oh, yeah, we killed it. Uh, Vince... <laughs> He said, and this is Vince's predictions, no Last Guardian this year. Mitchell, here we go. No Last Guardian at E3 this year. One point. Uh, Vince, Sony will unveil no less than two first-party exclusives. Will come out in 2015. <laughs> Mitchell writes, distant abacus noises. Okay, this one was a bit more complex than I thought it'd be, so here's my best shot. Bloodborne is a PlayStation first-party release, developed by From, with assistance from Sony Japan, published by SCE. And will release in 2015. 0.5 points there. Infamous First Light is also a first-party release, but won't release in 2014. Same situation with LBP3. 0.25 points there. So, <laughs> wow. 0.75 points awarded. For clarification, Uncharted 4 was already revealed prior to E3, so it doesn't count. Vince, PlayStation Now will go into open beta, still free right after or the week after E3, with some huge classic game. Mitchell, PlayStation Now won't be released in any form until July 31st, zero points. So final scores, Colin, zero. Greg, zero. Vince, 1.75. Wait, wait, wait. wait, We have a new champion. Congrats, Vince. Wait, wait, wait. I got to contest a few of these. (laughs) He's inarguable. You trust (laughs) M-Dog explicitly, implicitly. So did Vince say no Last Guardian this year? That's what his guess was? Because it doesn't say at E3. We don't know if the the Last Guardian is going to be at I think his prediction was it won't be at E3. I think his prediction was it won't be at E3. I'm going to put a question mark next to this one. (laughs) And then he said, Sony will unveil no less than two first-party exclusives will come out in 2015. Now, I have an issue with this one because... (laughs) (laughs) Because Bloodborne is being developed by a third-party studio. Right, and it's and Studio Japan is 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 helping them in the same way that Santa Monica is helping Ready at Dawn, which is like they have producers working on it with them. But these are not. This is not a first party game. It's an exclusive being published by Sony, but that is not a studio that Sony owns. From you know, Sony doesn't own from. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna put a question mark next to that one as well. You know, in any scenario, Vince still wins by like one point because he got one thing right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> this is what Colin does. <laughs> Mitchell Morgan, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Mitchell. For doing that, keeping up. Everybody go download Mitchell Morgan's Beyond Soundboard app, his bet tracker. You can find these all on app stores and I believe the Android stores. I think I was, wasn't, didn't I win two years in a row? I don't know. I, I, With like my granular guesses. Yeah, I that's get how you points. usually do it. Yeah, usually do it. Uh, okay, so let's get to some real questions here. Colin. Yes. Would you like to talk about Tomb Raider, first parties at E3, Quick Fire, or Jimmy John's? First parties at E3. Kevin writes into Beyond at IGN.com, just like you can. It says, hey, Beyond crew. Hello. Just wanted to get your take on the absence of the first parties at E3, as well as the conference. The only one to show off a new game was XDev with Little Big Planet 3. But as for the rest of them, what's going on? Thanks and Beyond, Kevin. Um, I don't think they're ready yet. XDev is really not a first-party studio. It's just that's their external development. So, like, Housemark is an XDev studio. Mm-hmm. With, like, you know, that basically means that... 
Sony X Devs like the helpers. They're like the helper. Unit. Exactly. Like some yeah. of it is some of it is it's not like necessarily pub fund. It's like one step beyond that. Beyond Naughty yeah. Dog does Naughty Dog doesn't count. Or was he did not mention that? Uh, he didn't mention them. Yeah, no. Naughty Dog Naughty Dog counts. Yeah. But yeah, Sony Sony Santa Monica wasn't there. Bend wasn't there. Media Molecule wasn't there. Gorilla wasn't there. Polyphony wasn't. There. I mean, yeah, sure. London London I guess was technically there with one of the new demos for Morpheus. Um, but yeah, I understand that they're not ready yet. And I think a lot of these, I, I think for sure we'll see Media Molecules game and maybe Gorilla's new game at game, at uh, Gamescom. Yeah, I feel like Gamescom is going to be big. The, like, the idea of Gorilla's game excites me. Me too. If they do that first part, or you know, I'm sorry, first party, the open world. Yeah, I, all signs point to that, as far as I understand. Yeah. So um, that'll be cool. Um, some art that was uh, uh, supposedly from Ben's game leaked. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that was ever substantiated. Remember that Siphon Four logo mm. leaked what three years ago or whatever and i'm still kind of convinced that that might have been real that like they just canceled it yeah, yeah. i don't i don't i mean ben's been quiet for an inordinate a long, a long time like amount of time now we're indicating that maybe they were working on something that just didn't come to fruition i still feel like they should just do another uncharted game on vita but they're Pretty obviously cool. not doing that no scott you got anything to add any of that nope tim writes into beyond at ign.com and says beyond my name is tim beyond tim beyond I hope that you have had the chance to rest and recover since E3 last week. Quick fires. Number one. Everybody clear your mind. Everybody ready? Colin. Mm. Best game or trailer you saw that won't be playable on PlayStation? Uh, I saw only PlayStation games the entire time I was there. I guess for trailers, I saw the first day. So let me think. Um, Sunset Overdrive. That's mine too. That, that trailer was so good. What do you got? Sky. I was super into the Halo stuff. That's fine. Don't yeah. don't act like you have to say. Yeah, sad no, no, no. I mean uh, the the Halo collection stuff. I know it's like you know uh, repackaging, but it just you know rekindled all sorts of Halo love in me. Yeah, <clears throat> that Sunset Overdrive combo I thought was awesome. That trailer was really really funny, and then the gameplay looked awesome too. And I kept talking about it right that it was great to see Insomniac being funny and making fun games again. Like Ratchet and Clank HD remaster. I, I on kept saying 4. that this looks like an adult Ratchet and Clank. This is everybody's like, oh, it looks like Jet Grind and this, that, and I'm like, but it's got crazy weapons and you're grinding like Ratchet and Clank. You know, like it's mm. just you know them taking what's there and putting something different into sure. it, which I like. And you can see the people are excited for that. So I just felt like overall earlier. this E3 there was like more playful, like kind of lighthearted stuff. Yeah, like it was all just super action. Uh, also, a lot of cooperative stuff, which I was into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott Lowe, mm-hmm. best indie game you saw. <clears throat> I don't think I saw any games. monster. Um, yeah, I don't think I did. I, I don't think I saw any. Colin, that's uh, that's a close one. Velocity Two X mm. is extraordinary. That game is extraordinary. Uh, Axiom Verge is also really really cool. It is just straight up Metroid. Yeah, like the old me- like Metroid. I, it's made by one dude. I met him. He sent me a build of the game. We're gonna have all sorts of cool stuff about Axiom Verge uh, in the next couple weeks. That's an it's a game you should keep an eye out. It's not yeah. it's not uh, out this year. Um, but like the dude's doing everything, like yeah. one dude. One I'm like, it's awesome. Yeah, I thought of one. Okay. I actually, I actually uh, they're all in the context of VR. Um, but okay. I saw Super Hot, the Kickstarter game. Super Hot, uh, running on Oculus Rift, and I had never played the game before. I knew a little bit about it, but like it was really, really cool, especially in the VR context. Because, like, are you guys familiar with the game? No, no. Uh, it's a Kickstarter project. It, basically, it's this first-person game where your movement controls time. Uh, so they're like these small little, like the the level I played. You're like running down a hallway with three guys, like facing you, shooting at you, and you have to like slowly like sidestep their bullets yeah. and, and get to a gun in the middle of the oh. room and shoot them. Um, but what's cool about it is, you know, in the PC demos, all the stuff we've seen before, it's just dual analog, but with VR, you actually can, like, lean your head out of the way and, like, really kind of, like, 
you know, matrix your way out away from these bullets. Uh, it was is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. That sounds neat. Mine's below. I liked below from below, Cappy a lot. Saw yeah. that and got a huge demo with that. They were just playing while we talked at the live show. Thought it was amazing. Colin. Yes. Favorite most anticipated game coming out this year. Based Com- on E3. Coming so you, out this year. Saying, yeah, the most anticipated title you saw at E3 this year that's still coming in 2014. Honestly, like Velocity 2X is probably like yeah. the most anticipated game that was at the show. But I, I would give a, a shout out to uh, Far Cry 4. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm not. I'm, mine's Minecraft Vita. I cannot wait. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain to think about what actually is coming out this year. Yeah, it's kind of tough, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Far Cry 4 might be it. Like, I, like it, it sounds really, really cool. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Again, Scott, yep. any surprises or anything to add about the conference? Surprises at the conference. Um, I guess I, I guess I knew there was going to be a mention of Uncharted. I yeah. just didn't think it would be like a like a proper trailer. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see that. Um, yeah, nothing really blew me away. Um, I was kind of blown away by how long Powers took. <laughs> <laughs> that was the biggest surprise, yeah, I guess. That was, that was yeah, completely. that was yeah. funny. Colin, biggest surprise yeah. um, of the conference. I, I think Bloodborne was a big surprise, just in the sense that I, I felt like. It was promising that this Project Beast game would be associated with Demon Souls or Dark Souls and be a PS4 exclusive, but I don't think anyone realized like how much it was. You know, like it's yeah. a, it's a from game. It's every, you know, so uh, I thought that was surprising. I think that Grim Fandango was yeah a authentic was awesome. surprise. Now, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm not like blown away by it or anything. Sure, like that, it's but just a cool it was, thing. That right? was definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. a surprise. Um, I I would never guess that in a million years. Yeah. Uh... I'm, I think mine probably would have been grim, but maybe how much I like No Man's Sky, just based on that trailer. I thought yeah, that was really, really cool. cool. Yeah. I got to give a shout-out to uh, shout out. Phantom Dust as well, just because that's so random. You yeah. know? I was just like, wow. Like When they were talking about like rebooting an old game when that guy was talking that's been at Microsoft Game Studios forever, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be like Blinks or something like that, and uh, which would be cool. But um, yeah, it was Phantom Dust, and I was like, man, I haven't even heard that name in forever. You know? So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. I, I, OG Xbox fans are gonna be, you know, definitely excited. Yeah, about I was in the crowd for that. It was kind of hilarious because, like, I was in there. I I wasn't familiar, so I was just like, "What? What is this?" Yeah, like, exactly. It's like the yeah. friend Mirabella simulator, and like then like some dude, like two seats away from me, and he was the only one in the theater was just like freaking out, screaming. It was really funny to watch. It's cool. Final question of the week comes from Shane from Canada. Hey, Greg, Colin, in the ever rotating third chair. Hi. E3 has been awesome this year, but I can't help but notice that a surprising number of games are putting a focus on co-op multiplayer, including franchises that have never had it before, like Assassin's Creed Unity. As a predominantly single-player gamer, should I be worried that all this focus on co-op will result in an incomplete single-player experience, especially for games like AC Unity, The Division, or most of all, Destiny? Thanks a lot. I'm a huge fan of your work, and you've done a great job covering E3 this year, Shane Canada. This was definitely the theme of E3. Yeah. Every game had co-op and was having it featured immediately. I think, you know, for me, what, what what's important about it is that most of it is optional. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to have a cooperative experience. You can. But I also like the seamless integration, too, like where people can just drop in and out. Like, um, you know, I don't know, like, why you would be averse to that, but I, I can understand why some people, but I guess you can just disconnect in some scenarios is i don't know or is assassin's creed like always online i don't think they've said i yeah. can't imagine it is that yeah. doesn't sound right to me and i because that's the whole thing is i don't is that it's just a mode where you're playing with your friends can they drop into anything i'm right. not 100 percent sure on it yeah i mean because like with watchdogs you could turn off you know uh, people hacking into yeah, your stuff. yeah 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 you yeah. can turn that off and i think you know there's just not enough people interested in that yet 
mm-hmm. um, for like companies to make it exclusive. I mean, obviously something like Destiny. I don't know if they've said either, but like it, that seems like something that's just like integral to the experience. I think that I think as they're going for that online MMO, it would be, but you could mute everybody, right? And right. there's people running around, and I bet in most missions or like any other MMO where you can go through and do them on your own. However, when you get to end game content, that's when you need to group yeah. up. And, and personally, stuff. I like you know the you know, help you can get. And I like yeah. the kind of human, like making it kind of a human experience because like sometimes in single player games, you just kind of feel like you're isolated all by yourself. Like, and, and if it's that inoffensive and unintrusive like that, where you can, you just have someone drop in, help you out and then they'll be gone. You don't really have to talk almost sort of like a journey kind of thing. Um, like I, I'm all for that stuff. Yeah. Colin, you're you're adverse to multiplayer in mm. most rega- re- most respects. Yes. What did you think coming out of? I mean, I tweeted it. I was like, enough with the co-op already. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I was I'm frustrated by it. Like, I agree that it's fine if it's optional and stuff, yeah. but I'm I'm afraid of a brave new world where it's not going to be optional anymore. Yeah. And it's it scares me with games that I really care about. Like, I really want to play the division. I just will not play that game with other people. You know, like, yeah. and I, and I want to know like that game looks so good to me. Like, let me just walk around by myself. Like, is it real? Like, is it really? You know, like they won't say, like they yeah, haven't yeah. said, you know, and and even with Far Cry, it's like Far it's Cry cool. for sure is just an additive thing. That no, that oh, game, for sure yeah, it yeah. is with Assassin's Creed too. And, I, and by the way, I think Assassin's that new Assassin's Creed game looks awesome. Um, will it play like old Assassin's Creed? Of course, and you'll hate it. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's not like I actually like it, but it looks great. Um, you know, I, I'm just stressed by it because I just don't want every game to be like this. Because then it, 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 I imagine. You know these games that we want that we know are in development that haven't really been announced yet, like Fallout Four. Like, are they going to go down that road too? You know, like, like, it, it, like that really, like, horrified. Like, I'm horrified by that. Like a far, a far, uh, Fallout game where you have to play with someone yeah, is yeah. like, no, I don't want to do, do that. You know what I mean? Like, and or that you even have the option to play with someone. I just want someone, some developer, maybe it'll be Bethesda, to say like the single player experience is sacred and like we. Wolfenstein did. Yeah, exactly. Wolfenstein did, and it was a good game. And we don't need all of these multiplayer bells and whistles. Like the, people like single player games as well. And for so, me, I mean, I for me, I'm. I wasn't. I saw these great games that are co-op. They have co-op modes, or they are co-op focused, like you know, Rainbow Six or whatever, where it's really it's like evolve, where it's like, yeah, you need to play this with other people or whatever. Right. For me, that wasn't a turnoff because my problem with multiplayer being forced into single player experiences was when it was forced into single player experiences. When you look at the multiplayer for Tomb Raider, that was just garbage. You know what I mean? Like. That that's when I had a problem with it. Games that are like built from the ground up to be like, this is what we are and this is where co-op. That's fine. Do your thing, Playboy. I don't worry about it. But it's when, yeah, if like all of a sudden the new Assassin's Creed was, okay, you have to play with other people. Yeah, then I, it's like, Ugh. Yeah, implementation is everything. I think the like most people are averse to it because it's just not been done super well in the past. Like where it's just, like you said, hacked on. I think, um, you know, the division looks like it's been designed and engineered to be that from the start. And, yeah. um, you know, we'll probably be better for it. Okay, so don't be don't be scared. I think I'm I think, a little scared. I think we're still see. in a good place. Wait and see. I think we're in a yeah, good place. Yeah, I'm gonna be really sad if the division is only online, like only multiplayer. You know, I'm gonna be really bummed out about that because that game. I is think just that really one you have cool. a chance to not have that happen. I, I think that you definitely. Or at least like let me do the old Rainbow Six Three thing where I can have my own people with me like that are controlled by the AI and then I can just kill them if I want to. Right, you know? right. Which is what I used to do in that game all the time. See, they have to have AI stuff though because like what's say you and I just wanted to play by ourselves, right? Like they'd have to fill in those other two slots or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's how it's all going to work. I just don't want. I don't want us to get into a place where all these AAA exciting open world adventures are play with your friends and stuff. It's like there's something more haunting about playing by yourself, and like certainly something that where you can do it at your own pace. You don't have to rely on other people's skill sets, or yeah. you don't feel like you're deficient, or you don't like. I don't like that kind of stuff. That's not why I play games. I hear you. And I felt that way even since like friggin' Contra and stuff like that. Like, it's like I'd rather just play this game by myself. Put down the controller. You don't get to play with me. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Podcast Beyond, episode 347. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, every week Podcast Beyond goes live Tuesday as an MP3, Wednesday as a video. Also remember, though, IGN.com keeps these mics on, so go over there, watch the videos, read the articles, sign up for Prime, and hey, while you're talking about that Prime business, which is where you can turn off the ads legally and help, help us continue to publish content and be alive and make salaries, keep Portillo alive. If you go and sign up for Prime now, you get that E3 t-shirt that we were all wearing oh. with all the different weapons on it and stuff. Cool. That's a nice little thing they're doing. Um, other housekeeping notes. Uh, we're getting close. It's, you know, 347, which means we're three weeks away from the big 350, which is crazy to think about that it's 50 weeks since the last we did Podcast Beyond 300. But as usual, we'll be doing a call-in episode for that show. No details yet. Don't bother emailing it yet. But we mainly start thinking about if you'd be available Monday morning to afternoon time period for phone calls from us. Uh, don't email us anything because I will delete them. I will have information for you in the next two weeks about what to put in your email to be added to the call list so we can be a part of that. And in super exciting news, Scott Lowe. You're leaving the ever-rotating third chair, yep. and you're leaving IGN forever, and we'll never talk to you again. <laughs> Jesus. However, next week, Podcast Beyond 348, we have someone returning to the ever-rotating third chair. A Podcast Beyond founder, Jeremy Dunham, will be with us for the wow. first time in probably Six 320 years. episodes. I don't even know. But that's super cool. Mm-hmm. He's going to be by here. You can learn uh, all about what he's been up to. That'll be fun. I think that's everything for housekeeping oh follow us on twitter keep up with us there that's the easiest way ign is ign on twitter i'm game over greggy colin is no taxation scott Lowe is scott Lowe. follow him to find out what he's doing next yeah because soon he's gonna have to talk about it thank you guys for everything by the way like you guys like you did like when i was hired you like were like some of the last you know of that original crew and sure uh i love you both dearly we love you uh, i love you too buddy beyond community as well um Mm -hmm. you guys have been really kind to me even though i've kind of just sort of been pop in pop out um you know Everyone's been really supportive, and I'm going to miss you all. Do you have one final tech fetish coming up? Yes. All right. So uh, later today, uh, oh. we're going to have uh, Mitch, Marty. Don't beat me to publishing Justin. the show, please, because then it makes me look bad. <laughs> Every episode of Podcast Beyond ends in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap-Up. We play a song for you, from you. You email your songs to beyond.ign.com. We tack them on, just like this one from Andre. Andre says, Beyond. 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 Longtime listener and 18-year-old producer from the UK here. This is my electronica slash chill wave submission, Kyoto Protocol, for Ryan's Wrap-Up. It's available for free on my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Andre LP. A-N-D-R-E-L-P. Kyoto Protocol? L-P. Kyoto, yeah, like J- Japanese. Did I say it wrong? No, no, I was just that's like, isn't that like the... It's the, a city. The, it's a, and the, it's the greenhouse gas thing yeah, from the 90s, in, though. <laughs> that's like, the, that's a, that was like an agreement that we never signed. Because oh, like, that's where they made lower it. Lower emissions. Okay, okay. Yeah, the lower emissions. Yeah. We were just like, nah, we don't Oh, that, do I see you. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Sorry. And then, you can, no, it's great. And you also get the same thing, andrelp.bandcamp.com. You'll find the track there along with all his other music. Andre, it's our pleasure to play Kyoto Protocol for you about greenhouse gas admissions. <laughs> Scott Lowe, thank you for everything. I'll miss you. Miss you too. Beyond! Beyond. Beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.